Welcome to the 13th episode. Alan Raymond joins me uh, in a little while uh, to talk about the tuk-tuk revolution happening in the Philippines. And uh, it, was, it was absolutely fascinating. Uh, first of all, uh, I caught up with Robert Leggett from Tuk-Tuk UK. I'd first like to say I apologise for all the clicking. Uh, all will be revealed later on in about three minutes time. And it's all about his new hoodies which are available for sale on his website. So if you'd like a, a hoodie with Tuk Tuk UK on it, now's your chance. I zoomed Robert, he didn't answer. So I emailed him and rang him and finally I got hold of him. So here we go. Sorry James. That's all right. Um, loving the background. Do you like it? Do you know what? That's that's. <laughs> Um, I didn't see your Zoom meeting and Kay even said to me about 10 minutes, 15 minutes ago, are you not having your, actually before that, before half eight, she said, are you still having that call at half eight? I said, yeah, yeah, I've got the call at half eight. And then she said, are you not having that call about 15 minutes ago? And then I just sent you emails, so my apologies. Well, what were you watching? Um, Junior Bake Off. We'll pass Fantastic. <laughs> I love it. It's really, really good. Really good. I'm proud to say I haven't. So, I'm proud to say I haven't seen an episode, but uh, maybe well, I'm maybe I'm missing something. You should be embarrassed to say that you haven't watched it. You are missing something. It's very, very funny actually. It's full of uh, extremely middle class young children, kids. Yeah. But they're an absolute delight and very funny as well, without them knowing it. Okay. And it's Harry Hill that sort of oversees it all and uh he's brilliant yes. maybe i'll binge it one day <laughs> uh, you'll you'll never know what you're missing out on until you um see it well i'm quite sure lorraine is watching so i shall ask for her input first and see if she was she, okay. she usually knows whether i like something it, you, you, she'd you, like it. yeah she does she watches all that stuff yeah i'm afraid right. i'm a bit more of a guns and bullets man which is i'm not maybe that's not a proud thing to say but uh Right. No, but yeah. Yeah. So I was very impressed with the, uh, how shall I put this? With the posing on your knees. Yeah, you like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 that obviously took, you know, you obviously had a professional in to shoot that. <laughs> yeah, Tom, Tom using my iPhone <laughs> took a long time it did. In fact, I, my uh, shoulders were aching right. after the tenth one from taking off, putting on, and taking off the hoodies. Oh, it's it's so tough being sort of super, you know, being famous, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it is. How long? Were you, um, how, long were, got... how long were you in makeup for? Not long. Not long. <laughs> um, fortunately, the hoodies are quite flattering in lots of ways. Okay, yeah, they're not skin tight, are they? Uh, well, you can you can make them skin tight if you want by buying a few sizes smaller than you should. But um, that's not my that's not my style. <laughs> but uh, um, I think it went a bit crazy. I went a bit crazy before Christmas and and thought, oh, let's buy a load of hoodies. And yeah. the particular company I buy them from, obviously, just like all these companies, the more you buy, yeah, the better value they are. Dare I ask and you how many you I, bought? I wanted the best value I possibly could. You bought a million. <laughs> uh, I bought less less than five hundred. Less than four hundred and ninety nine then. But more than a hundred. 
Okay, it's somewhere in between that figure. It's it's. Yeah. You need to get all these different colours and different sizes, and yeah. you know they're gonna they are gonna go up in value. I think over the years as well. Do you think so? As long as we don't get moths in the spare bedroom, especially the pink one. <laughs> pink ones, they actually they're flying out the door. Oh, yeah. So your uh, your inbox is just getting full of orders, is it? Um, not full of orders, but I've I'm got a few that I'm shipping today. Right, okay. I've not really done any pushing of it other than that one Facebook post. Yeah, okay. Um, Can I ask... And I was really playing. Yeah. I just this setting up this store and putting stock in there, and it's very time-consuming in there, yeah. these things. Can I ask you one favour? Because I've noticed this when we do a Zoom. You flick your pen, and I can't tell you how difficult it is to take out the pen flicks when I'm editing you out. <laughs> No, you know what? I've, I've been fiddling with the lid of this, right? And, and during our conversation, I thought, I must stop doing that because I bet he can hear that. Yeah, and can. then I picked up this and I'm starting to click this. That's so, your normal, you, uh, you are a clicker. And and, and I I, I've spent hours unclicking you in the past. And, sorry. Uh, and I, 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 have, I have nearly gone insane. So I've had to say something this time. <laughs> should quite right. You should have told me ages ago when I was stopped. I was, I was, I was. I know. I, I didn't. I don't know what I'm going to do now, but no, you, you, you're going cold turkey already, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking this, for something. Else. Yeah. So this little bit I'm going to take out now. The first bit is brilliant, and uh, so we're going to put it at the beginning of a podcast before right. any 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 titles or anything. Right. And then it will just go into it will go into the music, and because uh, I quite like that in some podcasts, and I've been trying to find the right little thing, and you're the perfect person to do it with, because you know, because you uh, are the, you're the you're quirky, you're quirky and the sponsor. So uh, um, stop fucking clicking for God's sake! Fucking clicking. Let's do the show. This podcast is sponsored by the fabulous Tuk Tuk UK, the UK's largest importer of Tuk Tuks. If you want a tuk-tuk or anything tuk-tuk related, Tuk-Tuk UK is the company to speak to. They love talking tuk-tuks as much as I do. You're listening to stories of discovery and adventure from Adventures in a Tuk-Tuk. Hello and welcome to the show. My guest today is Alan Raymond from Tut Tut Three Wheelers in the Philippines. He owns and runs a TBS dealership near Manila. The Philippines is still an emerging market for the rickshaw, with Bajaj, TBS and Piaggio all battling it out for market share. And Alan has a unique insight to this, having been there from the very start of this new Tut Tut revolution. Hello Alan and welcome to the show. How was the typhoon? Pretty bad. Right. That's not... uh, but luckily, no no real damage. A sign come up because we got like a small shop, sell groceries. A sign come off that and hit me tuk tuk. But luckily, that damaged the sign and knocked me tuk tuk. You've definitely a Norfolk twinge there. It's weird because I'd completely lost that people in Norfolk used to say, "Why are you putting on silly Midland accent?" I mean, because I used to travel so much, I sort of picked the Midland accent. But since I've been here, yeah, I know. My son, because he's, he's picked up a language, and I hear him talking with a Norfolk accent. So how, how strong were the winds last night and the rain? Oh, the rain was horrendous. That carried on all night long. Right. 
the wind was pretty bad as well. Like I say, it's done damage, but nothing substantial. But we lost it. We were lucky. Most of the people around there lost electric about two o'clock in the morning, but we didn't lose it till 7 a.m. Right. But we had about... Yeah. I noticed my son, because he's, he's picked up a language, and I hear him talking with a Norfolk accent. <laughs> I'm just trying to right okay I've just I've got some notes I just need to find them um, all right do, 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 do. here we go so how how strong were the winds last night and the rain oh the rain was horrendous that carried on all night long right uh the wind was pretty bad as well yeah um like I say, it's done damage, but nothing substantial. Um, but we lost it. We were lucky. Most of the people around there lost electric about two o'clock in the morning, but we didn't lose it till 7 a.m. Right. But we had about six hours with no water. Yeah. Which is, that's not too bad, really. Bit of a pain, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's survivable, isn't it? A few years ago, I actually rid me Bajaj when I had the Bajaj. Yeah. I drew that through a Category 3 typhoon. And how was that? Um, that was scary. I had six inches of water coming down the road. Yeah. It was like I was driving through rapids. Luckily, in my youth, I used to do a lot of sailing. Right. And because the traffic was all still, and I had the sense every time it moved, the point in the direction the current was coming. So you tacked down the road, did you? Yeah, I thought it was going to take me sideways off the road. I really did. Yeah, it can be pretty scary, can't it? It's. Uh... Yeah. What took you from Norfolk to the Philippines? I used to suffer from seasonal affective disorder. Right. And as you know, I was a truck driver, so getting yeah. up early in the morning, seeing very little daylight. Yep. And I've been to Hong Kong on holiday and got friendly with some Filipinos there. And then I come to the Philippines on holiday to see them. And my doctor said to me, I went to him and I was under antidepressants. And he said, move to the Philippines. So you did. So I did. And I've not suffered from depression since. <laughs> so living in the Philippines and owning a tuk-tuk, they are the two recipes for for uh, having good mental health, aren't they? Definitely. <laughs> One, uh, they both do go together, don't they? Yeah, they do. And yeah. um, the tuk tuk's brought me so much happiness. It's um, it's made me see places in the Philippines that I've never seen before, um, because you can get down little tracks in there and to yeah. see places what other people just don't see. Yeah. Oh, the, the Philippines are a, a series of islands, aren't they? I forget how many now. There's uh, a, a, a lot of islands. It's a lot. Exactly. Yeah, it's actually got more miles of beaches than any country in the world, even Australia, believe it or not. And the average temperature? About 30 degrees centigrade. Oh, that's tough for you. Uh, I'm happy with 30. When let's go above 30, right. like, they have what we call the summer, they call the summer here. Yeah. And it starts going up to the sort of high 30s. And that's just a killer for me. And the lowest temperature? 
Well, allow us to, uh, up now and at once to go down to 18, but that is very, very rare. So basically, a nice spring day in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cold day in the Philippines. <laughs> and where about what do you live in a town uh, or countryside? Well, describe where you live. They call it a city, but that's not what you'd call a city in the UK. Right. It's sort of a load of villages what are spread out with a bit of countryside between them. But because we're like 15 miles south of Manila, uh, it is starting to build up. But we're quite lucky. If I head north, it's just non-stop traffic. If I head south, within about five miles, I'm away from the worst of the traffic. And how close are you to a beach? About 40 miles. Oh, okay, so you're fairly inland. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. So you've been at work all day, have you? No, we closed today because of the typhoon. We can't expect the staff to come in. Right. Because they all come in on motorbikes and there was a lot of flood and so we give them all a day off. Okay. Uh, the, yeah, there has to be some, there has there has to be some downsides to living in uh, in the Philippines, hasn't there? Typhoons, earthquakes, it's a bit scary at times, but. So, is it a full time job? Your uh, to three wheelers. Yeah, well, me and my wife Alna. It's a bit of a long story how it came about. I've got time. Have you got time? Uh, I'll go back to when I first fell in love with tuk tuks. Where most of you fell in love with by visiting Asia. I actually saw my first one in South End. Right. And it was a Lambu fire engine, a uh, uh, scooter rally. Right. And I just fell in love with it. And that was 40 years ago, last August. I come over here, been here a few years, and I see my first one over here. And I thought, wow, well, they're in the Philippines. I've got to get one. Yeah. So I got one and I started doing. YouTube videos about, uh, I started doing on Facebook. They were having a lot of problem with the law over here. Yeah. They were getting stopped because the enforcers were seeing three wheels and considering it what they call a tricycle, what in the UK is a motorcycle with sidecar. Yeah. And as the laws are all written in English, I was in the best position to read the laws and try to find out whether they were right. Yeah. So I've become quite a celebrity over here because I was doing so much on the legal side of it. I also had a blog which is in the Philippines and I was writing on there mm. about them. And the company Troy Motors, what import the Bajaj to the Philippines, come after me originally to start advertising on my website. Then about a year or later, I met the boss of TBS, got on very well with him because he's from India yeah. and we've got a connection with a British Indian thing. Yeah. It ended up him offering me a dealership, okay. which ended up a bit of a battle with the company what imported Bajaj because they then wanted me to be a dealer when they found out. Bajaj are very and difficult then... to deal with, aren't they? They, they, they? they don't give dealerships to many people, do they? No. no. And then I had the Agio come after me. Yeah. Wanted me to be a dealer. Um, You're a wanted man. But I, I drivel free. And to me, even though I'd had a Bajaj for a few years, I preferred the TBS. It impressed me so much. 
what what are the main differences do you think between a Bajaj and a TBS? The first thing you notice is the finishing on the bodywork is much better finished. Then as soon as you pull away, you notice the acceleration. Okay. The acceleration compared to a Bajaj is tremendous. My next, after I picked it up, I had to come up a, through a place called Togoto, which is famous for a volcano in the middle of the lake. It actually erupted earlier this year. Nice. Um, and there's a huge hill there, and the Bajaj is struggling up it in first gear. Yeah. And the TBS done it in second gear. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah, and I was just hooked. <laughs> what? They uh... lent me one for a month. And I just didn't want to get back into me Bajaj. <laughs> Is there a difference in the engines in them? Uh, they're both 200cc. Right. It's just the only thing I can work out is TBS has gone for torque at low end, yeah. where Bajaj has gone for torque at high end. Right. Which is probably why that gives the extra acceleration and the better hill climbing. Yes, yes, yeah, we were in Wales earlier this year at a 25% hill and most people were in first gear. I know 25% is, yeah. is, is pretty steep. Yeah. It was only a short section, but I'm not sure. Uh, there wasn't a TBS there, so but I, I do believe most people were in first. Uh, so, you've, uh, so, so how long have you had the dealership in uh, the Philippines for the TBS? Um, we... Should have started in February, but because of COVID, yeah, it was like June before we started up. Right. So how how many uh, are you expecting to import? Do you think from India? Um. Well, I, TBS actually import them. Right. Um, they come through to TBS Global. Yeah. Uh, and we sell them from them. At the moment, we're struggling because they got a rule, most finance companies, that they won't let you do sell on finance till you've been in business one year. Right. But we're still selling. We're, we're breaking even. We're not making money out of it at the moment. And but how, as soon as we can get that finance, I think I can be selling about 50 a month. Okay, that's quite a lot. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah, that is a lot. Yeah. So how do they come in contained? Do they come... Uh, do they come ready assembled or are they in a crate i've not seen the place they do them yet um but apparently tbs tell me that they come completely assembled right which the bajaj i actually see that place when i was doing work for them um and i see them being assembled and they come in like a box yeah they do uh, yeah a big box yeah but they, they're like a big kit form i think that's something to do with especially for the UK market. I think that's something to do with tax. Yeah. And obviously you get a lot more in a container, don't you? You do. So you'd probably, yeah, I think they get a dozen in a 20 foot container, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to what, four or six in a 40 foot, I presume. Yeah. I would guess that's all they get when they're. How, how far, assembled. how far is it between India and the Philippines? Is it far? Um, Not that far. Right. Really, it's it's a lot shorter than India to the UK. Yeah. <laughs> so it's early days there for it's early days there for you to uh, in the TBS. Yeah, we we just took over doing Lazada 
Lazada is like Asia's version of Amazon. Right. And they use, they use tuk-tuks to deliver the parcels and that. And we've just took over a huge area, um, which includes Batangas, Cavite, Laguna, parts of Manila. Yeah. Um, we just took over all, doing all our services. So we've got three mechanics now. Right. Are they electric tuk-tuks, four-stroke, two-stroke? Now, four-stroke TBS. Right. Um, and I just started doing the car cargo version over here. So you have uh, how many do you have doing that uh, deliveries at the moment? Well, uh, I think there's about a hundred TBS in the in that range, but it's growing every month. Right. Okay. We we just do the maintenance on the vehicles. Yeah. So we got three mechanics. We we were very lucky. Uh, there was a mechanic, he'd been working on Bajaj for a couple of years. Yeah. And then he moved to TBS. Yeah. And we just said to him, do you know a mechanic? And he said, yes, me. <laughs> and he's come with us. So, and he's one of the best mechanics in the Philippines for tuk-tuks. Does, does he prefer working on uh, TBSs or Bajajs? Or doesn't he? Um, I think he, he likes the TBS. It's, he don't, because over here, they're all pearl injected equivalent of Department of Transport, yeah. LTO, they insist that they're full injected. So are they twin-sparked? Uh, yeah, they're, they're Euro 4. The, the Bajaj is twin-sparked, yeah. but the TV is a single spark. It's just got Euro 4 compliance, Okay. which was actually done in the UK. <laughs> this show is sponsored by Waterside Calligraphy. Beautiful writing brought to life on the page. You know Rob Leggett at all? Rob actually helped me out um, when I was dealing with the law here. Yeah. Uh, I found out they were approved up for the UK. Yeah. I thought, well, that's something to show them over here. So yeah. he sent me a certificate. Yeah. Proof that they had ministry's approval in the UK. Yeah. Okay. So that helped. That's right. <laughs> so let me take you back to Southend and the fire engine Piaggio Ape. Uh, uh, it was a Lambo. Oh, it's a, so it's a, so it's an old yes, an old Lambo. So it was an old Lambo fire engine. Uh, was yeah. that a show? Where was that? Where did you see that? That that was at a scooter rally. Right. Um, I used to be a Lambretta boy. Yep. And me too. And I just see it, and I fell in love with it, and I spent. I think I spent nearly all weekend looking at it. <laughs> the Lambros are really nice, aren't they? When, they? when they're done up and restored, they are fantastic things, aren't they? They are. They're, they're terrific. And I I remember the bloke telling me he drove it back from Italy, yeah. which it's an achievement back then. You know, we just yeah. never heard of people doing stuff like that. Yeah. There were mad people even in those days. Uh, so that, that's, ever since that day, you've you've... When, how long was it before you actually saw another one or bought one or travelled in one? Uh, I'd always took an interest, but as you know, I was a truck driver in the UK and you know what the R's are like. Yes. Terrible. I just never had the time to do anything about it. Yeah. Um, so I'd quite, a few times I'd be going down the road and I'd see one and my eyes would pop out my head and... <laughs> <laughs> 
the old heart would keep start pumping that I wanted one, but still never done anything about it. When I see one over here, I hadn't got any transport over here at the time. I see one and that was it. I just had to get it. Are tuk-tuks in the Philippines as popular as they are in India and Sri Lanka? They're getting that way fast. Um, right. And it seems to be in pockets. Okay. We've got the Gaito, what I told you about, with the volcano is they just completely took over there because they, they use these terrible things they call tricycles, what are motorbike and sidecars, and you sit in them and you bang your head on the roof. The suspension ain't good. If you had a couple of beers, just don't get in one because <laughs> it just churns it all up in your stomach. In certain places, they're overtaken from them. Right. So at the moment, uh, the Philippines is a, is, is a growing market for the tuk-tuk. It's, it's a huge market here. Basically, I think it's something like about 2 million tricycles, I reckon, which slowly are going to be phased out because they cause pollution. They drive around at 40 kilometres an hour if you're lucky. And they just cause so much congestion. The tuk-tuk with the faster speed, the more comfort for the passengers, the fact that senior citizens can ride in the back as well, which they... Yeah. struggle yeah. with a tricycle getting in and out. Yeah. I think they're the way to go. So basically, there's a market over the next 10 years, about 2 million here, I would say. You'd quite like just a, a small percentage of that, wouldn't you? Yeah, just a little cut off, it would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> sort, of, sort of between 1 and 5% would be lovely, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, what are your, so your competitors are Biagio, uh, sorry, Bajaj and Piaggio. They're the main ones. Yeah. Uh, what about Atul? Uh, I don't think there are any here. There, there's a couple local ones. Right. There's Motoposh, which do a nine-seater. They're more like a tie, are they? I think they're Chinese. They say that they're local made, but I think they're just local assembled. The parts of them, you look at the wheels and they look like the same wheels what they use on e-trikes. Right. Which I find worrying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have had re- heard reports of wheels falling off them, and they're nine seater with two hundred cc engine, which is way under par for nine people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, electric tuk-tuks are they coming in? Have you seen any of those? A few places, um, Intramuros in Manila, which is like a tourist area, which is really old fortis. They got on there. And a few other places I've seen them, but there seems to be, there's not the infrastructure for them for charging. Uh, and the price of a TVS, what is that over there? Um, that's 178, 900 peso, which sounds an absolute fortune to does, you. Doesn't it? I think I might, might need a, an extra mortgage for that one, I think. Um, in pounds? But actually in pounds about oh, 2,000 pounds. Okay, so that's a good price. They they work out about half the price that they do in the UK. Okay, is that a trade price that you've just two thousand pounds, or is that a, a retail price? No, that, that's just just a retail price. You're listening to Adventures in a Tuk Tuk with Alan Raymond from Tuk Tuk Three Wheelers. Ten reasons why you should buy a TVS. One, they have a passion for tuk tuks. Pre-sales preparation, quick registration, 
full range of stock parts, top mechanics. You're, you know, it's, it's sounding good on you so far, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Comfortable, you know, free service and warranty. What is the warranty like on a TVS? Uh, two years. Yeah. Or 18,000 18, kilometres, whichever comes first. Right, well, that's not too bad, is it? And if you were to, if someone came to you and ordered one, what's what's the lead time? Do you, you obviously haven't got any in stock at the moment, have you? Uh, we always have one or two in stock. Right. But if they want a different colour, about four days. Right, okay, that's pretty good. And that, and that's direct from yeah. India, is it? They got them in Manila. They shipped over to Manila. We get them from the warehouse in Manila. Right, so, t so TVS have a few dealers throughout the Philippines that they yeah. deal with. So you deal with a central yeah. hub in Manila and then just say, yeah. I want one of those, please. And they send yeah. it down to you. Right, okay. Yeah. Uh, so tell me about, have you had any adventures in a tuk-tuk? Where have you been? You know, you went up the, um, have, you, have you been up the the volcano in a, in, in your tuk-tuk? We go close by the volcano quite a lot because right. it's not very far from us. It's about 20 miles south of us. Okay. Um, one of the best ones we've done is uh, around Lake Laguna. Okay, I've heard of Lake Laguna. Um, it's, I think it's the second biggest lake in Asia. Oh, is that a freshwater lake? Yeah. Yeah. And we went, we met up with a group, a small group from Batangas, what got the Jajaris. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. met up with them and we spent two days touring. We'd done almost the whole circumference of the lake, apart from the north end of it is Manila, where yeah. we might have got problems with enforcers. Yeah. So we had to go yeah. all the way back the way we come. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, that was fantastic we went up to first we went to these Japanese gardens which I didn't know existed and they were really beautiful Yeah. Um, then up to the three crosses where these three crosses built on a like hillside right. looking over the entire Lake Laguna Okay. Um, and we had a fantastic two days and where did you stay on the night? Did you stay in a hotel or did you camp? What they call a resort over here. It's like a place where it's got a swimming pool and accommodation. Yep. So we stayed there, had a swim at night. and Nice. A few drinks? Yeah, a few drinks. Um, unfortunately, that's something I can't do anymore. I had a major operation. And so okay. the beers, I had it now. Oh, dear. You have to find other ways. Tuk tuk. That's yeah. what, yes, yes. Um, I was seeing uh, when I was researching it, the tuk tuk tourism in the Philippines could be a really big thing, couldn't it? Much like Sri Lanka yeah. and it, India. Um, how's how's that how's that progressing at the moment? Um, it's something I plan to do. Yeah. Um. Obviously, by the time I got started, COVID was here. Yes. So we just got to sit and wait to see how that goes. Um, also, we have got this situation with the law here. Um, so I would have to sort of work out routes yeah. where people could go. Um, because you could go, it's the national highways. Some places let you, some don't. Right. Um, it, it's down to each 
municipality, they call them, which is like a city area. Or If I was to come out there and just say, rent your door, yeah, hide your tuk-tuk off you, could I go, could I travel around the Philippines islands uh, in a tuk-tuk and just, and just adventure? You you could certainly do most of that. Right. Um, and if you headed north, you're going to hit Manila. You might have a problem in Manila. Right. If you yeah. head south, you ain't going to have a problem. So, yeah, you, you could certainly hire one and go south. Right. Which is where, where all the best places are anyway. Um, as I said to Gaitai, that's outstanding. You get on the hillside there and look over the lake with a volcano sitting in the middle yeah. of it. It's one of the most stunning sights I've seen in my life. Then you carry on down through Bicol and this uh, volcano Mayo down there, which is like a perfect cone shape. Right. Um, and it's meant to be a beautiful area. We yeah. had actually planned to go down there. Right. Um, but that's got delayed because of COVID as well. <laughs> so how is COVID in, in the Philippines? What's... What... Has uh, tourism basically stopped? Are there any flights it's, in and out? What's happening? These flights out now, I think it's only Filipinos allowed in and they have to quarantine as soon as they get here. They're put into hotels to quarantine. Okay. Face masks? Uh, face masks, face shields in the shops. Yeah. Face masks yeah. everywhere. Okay. Face shields when you go into a mall. They say that we locked down the hardest out of every country in the world. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, okay. So it was tight. Was... I, I can understand why, because the health service, you know, they just didn't want here. You you have to pay for it. Okay. So the, the, <laughs> health, the health, a lot of money. Yeah, so the health service is, uh, you have to be insured for health. In the yeah. Philippines. Okay. So with your problems, did you have your operations in the UK or was that in the Philippines? That was in the Philippines, um, and it, it cost me, uh, I think, about fourteen thousand pound. You're still which, you're, just, you're still here, so that's okay. Yeah, it's I'm a, still alive. It's only money. Yeah, me health's more important than that. Definitely, definitely. Because I know the Tuk Tuk adventures. They are in Sri Lanka. They're in India. They're in Nepal, aren't they? Uh, they're in Pakistan, I believe. And I think the Philippines would be a really good addition to to that list. Yeah, I, I think it would be a fantastic addition to it. Um, you've also got the point that in the Philippines, you can always find someone who can speak English, which is helpful. <laughs> yes, yes. But is that, do you think the reason it's not happening is because Tuk-Tuk's haven't been there and they're just starting to... Get in, in into the country. Is that? Do you think that's the reason why they're they're not yeah, sure? They're, they're not sure of them yet. They they've only been here four years. Right. For the first year, they didn't really take off. So it's only in the last three years they took off there. You could be a millionaire by this time next year, in the words of Del Boy. Oh, I don't. I'm just enjoying what I'm doing now. I, I love tuk tuks, you know. And what's your average day? Me, what's your average day? Talk, talk me through an average day. It uh, took, took three wheelers. The average day um, varies a lot. Start work at 8 a.m., work through the day. Uh, sometimes I'm sat doing videos, yeah. making them from the YouTube channel, editing them. 
doing promotions about tuk-tuks. So some days I'll be sat at the computer, other days I'll be dealing with the parts. We also deliver them, which are the days I love. <laughs> How do you deliver them? Have you got a van or a trailer? We, we drive them. Oh, you drive them, that's the best way. Marvellous. How do you get back? We, we have one following. We get a lift back in the one following. Sounds like the perfect um, job. That, that's that's a lovely day. I love days like that. Yeah. Well, last week was good too. We went around all the Lazada depots. We were doing a surface campaign. Very tiring. I was up at 2, 3 a.m. every morning because um, we had to be there for 6 a.m. Yeah. But again, that, that was good, getting up and driving. That's what I love doing, mate. That's the side of what I love. I love driving. You're listening to stories of discovery and adventure from Adventures in a Tuk-Tuk. And your customer base, what sort of customers do you have? Are they private or commercial? Most of them are commercial. What use them as like a taxi. Yeah. Um, we got through private and we we sold them right from north of Manila, right down to about 30 miles south. So you only deal in yeah. one island? Yeah. Okay. And what's your um, island called? Luzon. Luzon. Okay. Is that the biggest Filipino island? Yeah, that is the main Philippine island, the biggest one. Okay, well that's with the most people and so forth. Yeah. Okay. Uh, parts we sell everywhere. We right. sell parts all over the Philippines. And to the UK. So I hear, yes. So Tuk Tuk's in the UK. Yeah. Uh, I actually had planned, was looking into what was involved in actually driving one from here back to India. Right. And what is, uh, and what is, uh, is that possible? Route-wise, you can do it. There's ferries across what get you into Indonesia and places like that. Right. Legally, seems to be the problem. Right. For, and uh, what are the legal problems? They won't accept registration from the Philippines in some of the countries. Right. So basically, you've got to get there and sit and wait for it to be registered. And I'm not sure how long that would take. So it's not like an overlander where if you turned up to, to most borders with a Land Rover, you would just pay, you would get a visa for a certain amount of, day, of days, wouldn't you? And you could just drive yeah. through the country. Yeah. That doesn't apply yeah. to a tuk-tuk, no? As just an, um, an overlander. I think it's the same with everything. That, okay. uh, I've been told that when you get off the ferry, when motorbikes get off, the police are sitting down the road and pulling them over and impounding them. And I think it's the same with cars. They just won't accept the registration from the Philippines. I, I, th- I think your love of tuk-tuks uh, possibly even exceeds mine. I'm not entirely yeah. sure, possibly. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I'm actually selling my RE at the moment, and one thing I'll put on the advert for it is that it's probably the most well-known judge in the world, <laughs> <laughs> because it had so many booze on YouTube. So the YouTube videos, tell me about that. What, what's the purpose of that? Is that just for advertising for, you, for, your, for your business? No, it, it started off as a fun thing because it started before I had a business. Okay. I just, I got myself a little action camera yep. and put all stuff video in it people liked it so much so i just kept going and what sort of things do you uh, video mainly our runs we do right like we've done that lake laguna one um 
I got a friend what lived down the coast and there's Fula Mountains that always make a nice video down there. Um, I toured all Batangas, spent three days touring Batangas in it. Right. Stuff like that mainly. Unfortunately, because of the situation at the moment, uh, some of it have gone a bit to advertising, but just so I got some content to make yeah. because I haven't been able to get out on the road very much. Because we we got so much in common, haven't we? Oh yeah, we're we're both we're both very we're quirky fuckers. That's what we are. So uh... yeah, <laughs> like like you used to live in Halston, I lived in Bungie just down the road, and I drove the trucks and you shunted the trailers. I know that's uh, that's the way. I, I I drive I go around in ever decreasing circle. I, I'm very good at going backwards. That's what I say. Pretty hopeless at going forwards. But uh, I you know I just started this podcast because. Uh, uh, one, I have a love of tuk-tuks. One, I just like adventuring. And I think when you, when we did the the, the first tuk-tuk adventure challenge in August, when 12 tuk-tuks went round Wales, it added something that I was sort of, added a bit of purpose that I was actually recording it all. And it, it made a couple of nice little podcasts, if I'm honest. And, and, and the people yeah. in it were fantastic and the, were all quite similar. And it was, it was very interesting. Yeah. The, the people. There's some that I found over here even is... The tuk-tuks, they bring people together. They do, they do. Um, it, it reminds me of the days of the old Volkswagens. I don't know if you remember, in the 60s when I was a kid, my father had a Volkswagen van and what he'd done in Tredormobile. And if you went down the road and see another one, yeah, you always wave yep. to each other. And it's the same with the tuk-tuks <laughs> over here. You go down the road, you see another one, and you wave. <laughs> you do. doesn't matter what country yeah. You're waving your smile, and I, I think that's yeah. it's it, that's what they're good for. And you know, I really hope that it takes off in the Philippines. And I, I think you've got because you know, obviously, you've done a lot to, to the law, and you know, I I think you just have to persevere, don't you? I I, I spoke yeah. when I when I spoke to Mister Steve at the tuk shop. It probably took him a year when he first brought in a tuk tuk to actually get it registered on a UK roads because the U, UK authorities just said, well, that's a dangerous thing. So it is about getting more and more. It's like anything, you know, if, if one turns up, it becomes a, a tourist attraction. You get 500, it just becomes the norm, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's just about putting more and more into the country so everybody sees them and they just get accepted. Yeah, and I, like in some countries, tuk-tuks get blamed for the traffic problem. But over here, I actually see them as an answer. Right, because every, so many people over here are driving great big four-wheel drives, they're hogging the road, and I think if you could get some of them into tuk-tuks, they a much smaller footprint on the road, and so there's less space to hook up with traffic, there's less problem with parking, and I actually see them as a solution here. What ideally would you like to see the next six months, a year? How would you like that to to develop? Um, obviously, I'd like to, the business to increase. Yeah. Uh, we're hoping to open another food branches up. Right. Um, and a tour of the Philippines is planned when we can do it. Okay. Right. That's uh, it. That's that's the complete Philippines in a tuk tuk, yeah. But Jarjanas keeps saying all oh, the TBS have been tested. They drove a bajaj all around the Philippines. I turned around and said, as soon as 
this pandemic's over, we'll do it. Okay. And we'll do it without backup vehicles. That's the plan. Yeah, backup vehicles are for wimps. That's what I say. You know, go out there. Yeah. I, when I when I when I did the uh, Outer Hebrides in my trip, trip a couple of years ago, no backup vehicle, just me, a tent, uh, and an extra fuel can, and uh, and uh, yeah. and a couple of spanners. But most bajajes and I presume TVSs and wherever you drive these days is uh, they're all pretty reliable, aren't they? They they don't really break yeah. down. If you carry spare cables. That's practically all you need, isn't it? How, how long have TVS been going? They've been making tuk-tuks 12 years. I know for like the last six months, I think they're the only ones that have had a growing market. The other companies have been in decline a bit, sales have been down, and they're the only ones growing. Okay. Nigeria, apparently, they are number one. Right. There. They were Bajaj and... They just took off in Nigeria the TVS. Okay. And it's it's starting to go that way here. A lot of the drivers, the owners of the Bajaj, are starting to sell if they can afford it and swap to TVS. And why do you think that is? Just because of the performance of it, really. Okay. It's more comfortable. Even my wife in the back, she says it's so much more comfortable. Right. You know, if the planes were running, do you, do you ever come back? Do you ever plan to come back? I, I haven't been back for years. I haven't had the money, to be honest. Okay, that's fair enough. That's uh, that's an honest answer. And and I think uh, I think you're okay over there, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I'm happy over here. Yeah, it sounds like it. You, you know, you've got a smile on your face, so you seem okay. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Okay. Uh, and you're, 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 quite, you're quite a big Facebook user, so I'm sure we'll chat regularly. Yeah, we will. Yes. I'm nearly always there. I know. I've noticed. You're very easy. Since my interview with Alan, I've spoken to a couple of other tuk-tuk enthusiasts in the Philippines for future episodes. The country seems to inspire people in the three-world direction. And thank you to Alan for inviting us into the TVS world of tuk-tuks in the Philippines. In the next episode, we head over to the tuck shop in Eastleigh in Southampton. My special guest will be Mr. Steve, the pioneer of importing tuk-tuks into this country way back in 2005. Thank you for listening, and I'll be back with more stories of discovery and adventure very soon. To hear any of my shows, head on over to Spotify or iTunes or adventuresinatuktuk.com. This has been a C&P production for Follow the Tuk Tuk.